1: WB Canova Huntington, W I R O Ironton, Aloha Trust, available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app, Fox Sports 1230 and 1420, an iHeartRadio station. Tri State Sports fans, it's time to get your fill. It's the Sports Fill-In on Fox Sports 1230
3: and 1420. Former NBA player, all-star, nine years in the NBA, Jason Williams. Let me just
1: tell you this
4: real quick, Jay. Now these guys got $700 sneakers and all kinds of stuff went through their body, and they can't play 82 games? Get out of here, man. Come on.
3: We're talking with Johnny Bench.
4: You don't have to be the director. You don't have to be the producer. All you can be is the star, which you are, of course, Jay. Well, thank you, Johnny. Yeah, no problem.
2: (laughs) So while y'all at it right now, take care of y'all bodies, you know what I mean, go take care of y'all chicken.
1: Now, it's on with the show.
3: Here's your host, Jason Filjaw. I can't believe that a college would not want Marshawn Lynch there to speak, but apparently that's the case. Beast mode, take care of your bodies, take care of y'all chicken, take care of your mentals. There's a school that doesn't want him to speak, and I'll get into that in just a little bit. I mean, how could you not want that on your campus, right? Hey, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Sports Fill-In here on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Jason Filiot. Glad to have you in today. Ways you can get in touch with the program. You can call us, 877-800-9848, 877 9848 You can also get me on Twitter, at SportsFillIn, P-H-I-L-I-N. It is all one word. An upset and a long, long streak Came to an end last night on the hardwood in college hoops. You got college basketball tonight. Marshall in game two of pod play against Florida Atlantic. Conference USA. Uh, Yeah. Uh, West Virginia got a win last night on the road. We'll hear from Bob Huggins today. We'll hear from Coach Cal about uh, Kentucky's loss last night. Uh, The coronavirus is affecting sports now. As there was one college that has decided, well, they're not, we're not going to play any games right now. We'll get into that in just a little bit. And, of course, we've got a lot to talk about as far as basketball goes, high school basketball. Today, we're going to focus on the 16th region in Kentucky. We'll be joined by Zach Clemmie of the Daily Independent in the second segment. And we will discuss that tournament, boys and girls, some games last night. Big games tonight on the boys' side down there at Moorhead, Kentucky. And we'll talk with Zach about that. Tomorrow, we will focus on West Virginia boys and girls tournament some upsets going on and uh, we'll talk with ryan epling about that tomorrow and we'll focus on ohio on friday because you got some big games in the buckeye state on friday still several teams represented in ohio you're down to the district championship games and uh some good news for you to pass along uh, that saturday ironton st joe had chris barnes on the program yesterday the head coach of the flyers they got a win Uh, in the semifinals over over federal hockey. They'll play for the district championship, trying to capture the first district crown since 1951 for St. Joe. We are going to have that game on the radio for you here, Saturday night on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. It will be the St. Joe Flyers and the Peebles Indians, and we will have that game for you. More on that as we get through the week. We'll also have a doubleheader on Friday. Ironton will play Zane Trace at 815. You know, we are your home of the Fighting Tigers right here, Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. Uh, We're also going to uh, have Fairland Chesapeake on the radio for you. I know a lot of folks want to tune in and listen to that. Maybe they can't make it up, but we'll have the game for you also on iHeartRadio. Since it is the game before the Ironson Zane Trace game, let's give the OVC some love and we'll have the call for you beginning at 6 o'clock Friday. So we've got a doubleheader Friday, single game on Saturday. Hopefully the Lawrence County teams can represent and move on in postseason tournament play. Now I know that only one can move on that Fairland Chesapeake game. I get that. But you get that as you get into tournament play and you move on deeper and deeper into the postseason. So uh, you got games tonight down in Kentucky on the boys' side. Last night, you had a couple of games, a couple of teams advance. Uh, West Carter, Boyd County had already advanced. Round County and Russell have punched their ticket for the semifinals in the uh, regional tournament down at Moorhead. Again, we'll talk with Zach Clemmy about that. Also in West Virginia, you had some games last night. And we'll touch on that in just a moment. 877-800-9848. Let's hit the phone lines early today. You are on the sports fill-in.
4: Hey, Jason, this is Tim. I just wanted to make a quick prediction. I want to tell you that the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to win the World Series. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. And Marshall is going to win the NCAA Basketball Championship. Because if Marshawn Lynch can speak... (laughs) <laughs> at a commencement at Princeton University, all those are possibilities.
3: <laughs> well, what about Marshawn Lynch, man? Wouldn't you Wouldn't you like to see his commencement speech?
4: I don't know about that. I, uh, I I just looked on the internet and I saw where a lot of Princeton students are apparently protesting this, so I'm
3: I'm not sure they're. Uh, they're ready for him. I, I don't <laughs> I don't think they are, but I think the world is ready for Marshawn Lynch. He gives us the classic takes so like while this. So y'all at
2: it right now? Take care of y'all bodies, you know what I mean? Don't take care of y'all chicken, you feel me? Don't take care of y'all mentals,
3: because look, we ain't lasting that long. How could you not want to hear that at a commencement speech, Tim?
4: Well, I definitely <laughs> do want, if, if, he goes, if he's able to go through with it, I do want to listen
3: to it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome and, and i thought i didn't all know right. where you were going with that first because you said the pirates would win, win the world series i'm like did you have a dream or something last night what's going on here but well i
4: was trying to look at other things that were just about as possible as <laughs> hey like i say if this happens anything's anything's up in the air
3: absolutely tim i appreciate that thanks man all right thanks all right 877-800-9848 um all right so let's get into it then you know tim brought it up so let's just dive right into it i'll get to the uh high school scores here uh, from west virginia in just a few moments but a group of princeton students now here's the deal marshawn lynch is going to be speaking at uh a commencement at princeton okay so there's a, a group of princeton students who wrote the school newspaper, and they were they were unhappy that Marshawn Lynch was going to be there on their class day. It's a class day speaking engagement. It takes place before the graduation and highlights the accomplishments of honorary class members. Now, here's the thing. Marshawn Lynch has no ties at all to Princeton. None. But I think the students were upset with the lack of transparency, transparency in the process of choosing Marshawn Lynch, and they didn't understand the criteria. That was set forth. They said in this letter, quote, as seniors, we had been looking forward to the speaker announcement for months. Many of us were disappointed when we saw that this year's speaker was to be Marshawn Lynch, mainly because we did not feel included in the process by which this speaker was nominated and finally selected. Uh, Man, I mean, there's so many ways to go about this. Uh, They were they were talking about Lynch's on field accomplishments. They talked about his charitable work and uh, what he does in Oakland with the community is social activism. And they said they didn't have a problem with Marshawn Lynch himself. It was just the process with with which he was chosen. And then it goes on to say that – let me see how the story reads here. However, the letter then points out that the last two speakers either had connections to Princeton or were, quote, exceptional communicators, so much for trying not to criticize this choice of speaker in particular. This comes from CBS Sports. So again, Lynch has no connection at all to Princeton. Uh, He he gave us the great lines. You all know why I'm here. I'm just here so I don't get fined. And they were talking about, the Princeton students were talking about him maybe not being an exceptional communicator. But how could you not be when after the loss to the Green Bay Packers, the Seattle Seahawks running back, gave us this wonderful post-game press conference.
0: But look, I
2: say like this, though, right? It's a vulnerable time for a lot of these young dudes, you feel me? They don't be taking care of their chicken, right? You feel me? So if there was me or if I had an opportunity to let these little uh, young side know something, I say take care of y'all money, African, because they don't last forever. Now, I done been on the other side of a retirement, and it's good. When you get over there and you can do what you want to so i tell y'all right now while y'all in it take care of y'all bread so when y'all done you go ahead and take care of yourself so while y'all at it right now take care of y'all bodies you know what i mean don't take care of y'all chicken you feel me don't take care of y'all mentals because look we ain't lasting that long um you know i had a couple of players that i played with that you know what i mean they no longer here no more they no longer so, I mean, you feel me? Start taking care of y'all mentals, y'all bodies, and y'all chicken So when y'all, you know, ready to walk away. You walk away, and you'll be able to do what you want to do. But I appreciate it. Thank y'all. I have
3: a good day. And, and maybe, I mean, how great was that? You know Marshawn doesn't like talking to the media anyway. But to come out with that, after losing to the Green Bay Packers, take care of your mentals, take care of your chicken, take care of your body. That would be a, a tremendous speech. I mean, that was only a minute seven. Okay, so maybe he's not going to go that long. But if he just went up and spoke that at Princeton, I mean, how classic would that be? Seeing Marshawn Lynch up there on stage in a cap and gown and and just dropping
2: that on him. So while y'all at it right now, take care of y'all bodies. You know what I mean? Don't take care of y'all chicken. You feel me? Don't take care of y'all mentals because, look, we ain't lasting that long. I would watch that. And I would hope
3: that there would be a stream up online where we could watch it. I mean, everything's online nowadays, right? Everything's live. People go on Facebook Live and Periscope and, and all this stuff. If somebody is there, someone would have to have that. I would watch Marshawn Lynch deliver the class day speech at Princeton University. I hope Marshawn Lynch comes back to play football this year. He did not have a bad return to the Seahawks. He did help. I mean, he's beast mode. He's entertaining. And he delivers some great lines.
2: You know, I had a couple of players that I played with that, you know what I mean? They no longer here no more. They no longer.
3: They no longer here no more. They no longer. He's a five time Pro Bowler, he's a Super Bowl champion. He's going to be a free agent in just a couple of weeks. And I would hope that the Seahawks would give him another shot. He's not an every down back. I get that. But just to have him on the team, I think that kind of gave the team a little spark. And I think that's what Princeton needs. They need someone to come in and speak to them and give them a little spark. Some of the most recent speakers there at Princeton, actress Ellie Kemper and Senator Cory Booker. Kemper graduated from Princeton in 2002. Booker, as the story says, is firstly associated with New Jersey and therefore Princeton. But again, Marshawn Lynch, no ties at all. And that has angered some of the students at Princeton. The second half of the letter, the students claim that the selection committee did not represent a broad enough range of perspectives when choosing lynch to speak at class day but maybe the selection committee simply picked someone who could offer something different than what speakers past could oh yeah he'll give you something different that's for sure so all you students at princeton writing letters okay if you transparency and how the process is done i get that you don't need to write a letter to the paper about that if you're upset that they got marshawn lynch well shame on you because you're in for it you're in for something special when beast mode takes the stage he might throw skittles to everybody you know he's used to getting the skittles maybe he throws them out that wouldn't be a bad thing beast mode speaking at princeton <laughs> i'm glad that was brought up 877-800-9848 you can join the program you got a comment on beast mode that's fine you want to talk a little hoops we can do that as well much more to get into here on the program this afternoon uh, we will uh go back and touch on some college basketball in just a bit west virginia and kentucky both in action last night bob huggins his usual self talking like this they won Uh, and Coach Cal a little upset because Tennessee was very physical last night in their win against Kentucky at Rupp Arena, which broke a a very long streak. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the program. Some baseball news, too. Uh, We're closing in on opening day. We're 22 days away from opening day, Reds and Cardinals at Great American Ballpark. So we'll touch on some baseball news a little bit later on as well. After the timeout, we are going to talk with Zach Clemmy of the Daily Independent about some Kentucky High School hoops. Tournament action going on down at Moorhead, the 16th Region Tournament. Some great games lined up on the girls' side. Boys' tournament gets underway tonight. Your phone calls welcome a little bit later on in the show, 877 800 9848. We're back with Zach after the timeout here on the Sports fill and Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio.
1: Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. This is the Sports Fill In.
3: Back on the Sports Fill In, Fox Sports twelve thirty and fourteen twenty, and iHeart Radio. I'm Jason Filia, and we are knee deep in tournament time. Are we not? Uh, yeah, we are uh, in all three states. You know, tournament time is underway, and we want to focus right now on the Bluegrass State of Kentucky because the sixteenth region tournament is underway. On the girls' side, you're in the semifinals already. West Carter and Boyd County. Advance with wins Monday night. Last night, Rowan County beat Ashland sixty-nine fifty-three, and Russell beat East Carter fifty-five to forty-six. Those two teams will play, so you got a pretty good Final Four there. On the boys side, the tournament gets underway tonight. Lewis County and Bath County, West Carter and Boyd County tonight. Ashland will play tomorrow night against Russell, Rowan County and East Carter also tomorrow night. And we wanted to talk about that tournament and what's going on in Bluegrass State hoops with a guy who is in the know and that's our good friend from the Daily Independent, Zach Clemmy. and he joins me now on the program. Zach, you are one of those guys that uh, are in the know, right?
5: Depends on who you ask, I guess. We'll uh, we'll take it where we can get it, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well,
3: you, you guys do a great job covering that down there. Now, the, the girls' games have been underway. you got the boys getting underway tonight. Let's talk about the girls, first of all. Uh, you've got a semifinal matchup, West Carter and Boyd County, Rowan County, and Russell. Uh, pretty good basketball teams remaining in that 16th region right now on the girls' side.
5: Absolutely, you know, it's looked all year like there were uh, five teams at the top of the region pretty closely grouped together, and and, uh, Ashland and Rowan was the the premier game of that first round, and uh, Rowan kind of comes out of that. So, you know, in Weston, Boyd, you've got a a series that split one-to-one during the regular season, and Rowan kind of got Russell twice during the regular season, but both pretty close games. So it should be two very good semifinals.
3: Russell has been playing a lot better at the end of the season. They were, what, like – Ten and one, or something like that, in the last eleven games, and uh, th- I think this is a team that's playing good basketball at the right time.
5: Yeah, very good down the stretch. They had a couple hiccups real late in the regular season, um, but kind of got things turned around a little bit in the district tournament. And uh, you know, East Carter gave them a pretty good game on Tuesday night as well. But uh, you know, Russell made the plays down the stretch, uh, came out of it, and um, you know, Round Count <clears> Round <throat> County is one team they've had a little bit of trouble with this year, so. Stacked up as an interesting game. Uh, Very good individual talent on that Rowan County team with Haven Ford, uh, the point guard freshman. And, and, uh, you know, Russell's maybe a a little bit more complete as a team, but Rowan's been playing really well down the stretch as well. They kind of feel a little bit like they've flown under the radar. Russell was rated number one in northeastern Kentucky most of the regular season and then number one in the region in the Catspaw's preseason. So, uh, Rowan, you know, they're looking at it as a statement game, and, and I think Russell is as well, you know, after Rowan got them twice earlier.
3: Would Rowan be the favorite?
5: On paper, it's it's very close to a toss-up. I think Russell's uh, got some, you know, some. Uh, we mentioned a great young individual talent for Allen County, Shailen Steele, of course. Uh, Russell's got a Marshall offer as an eighth grader, so that's pretty impressive as well. And so does Haven Forge got a Marshall offer as well. Uh, so, you know, we've seen that the, the coaching staff there's kind of worked on, you know, in this area trying to kind of get commitments from from kids at a pretty young age. That uh, worked out well with them for Savannah Wheeler, and, and uh, obviously that's you know begin to pay dividends as well. So interesting recruiting strategy that's that's gone well for them. You know, uh, at least early returns. So uh, that's kind of an interesting little subplot, I guess you got there. That the Shaylen Steele for Russell and Havenford for Rowan County both have that uh, that early offer, and and uh, they'll be kind of going head to head a fair amount uh, when that game gets played.
3: Is that crazy to think that eighth graders are getting scholarship offers for college? That to me, that just that, that is. is nuts.
5: It is a little bit, but you know, it's. Uh, I think if you're Marshall, you know, you're wanting to. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good girls basketball in this area in sure. the tri-state, and um, you're wanting to kind of get some of those kids locked down maybe before uh, you know they uh, look too far away, and you know, verbal commitments mean nothing in this day and age. Let's just be honest. Um, but but it's a good you know, good good recruiting strategy I think for those guys to to want to kind of you know, get in there and get their foot in the door early and you know if you take care of those kids and um, you know, you, you recruit them well and you build a relationship that can only you know, that that works out down the road if you uh if you kinda of stick to your guns there and, and if everything works out well. So yeah, I'm with you that you know a lot of times it's a little bit early to tell with some of that thing and, you know, the way people's bodies change over time and all that sort of thing. You don't want to get obviously too far down that road. But um it's it's an, an interesting strategy that uh you know, we'll kinda of see how how it plays out long term but if Savannah Wheeler's kind of the, the pilot project for that, then you know the, the impact she's already made at Marshall uh, has shown that there could be some uh, some merit to that idea.
3: Yeah, no question about that. She's done a great job at Marshall. Uh, the other part of that uh, tournament, the top bracket, Boyd County, their record may not be what it's been in the past, of course, with the losses that they had from last year, but Pete Frehley's going to have this team playing well. They're 19-11, and 11, and they're going up against Wes Carter, who's 22-7. and seven. Um, Big challenge for Boyd County?
5: Well, West Carter did get them uh, the regular season finale by double digits, but you know Boyd got West real early in the year as well. Yeah. West Carter kind of had some some trouble early in the year with injuries and that sort of thing. New coach, first year coach Faith Khan, so they're kind of learning her and and trying to kind of gel there early in the year. Um, I, I think it shapes up as a, a very interesting game. they are two teams that like to play fairly similarly. You know, they like to to play fast and try to get a little pressure going and try to create some offense with their defense. Um Boyd County, you know, uh, did that very well over the last couple of years. Again, without Savannah, we are moving on now. Um, and it took Boyd County a little while this year to learn how to play without Savannah and kind of have everybody, you know, take another step up the ladder and find their roles. Har- Harley Painter is as good an individual player uh, as there is in the region, of course, at Boyd County that the Moorhead State commit. And um, I, it, it shapes up, you know, again, like Round Russell is a very good semifinal um, I don't know that I would say it's a tough task necessarily for Boyd, no more so than it is for West Carter. I think uh, both of these teams are <clears throat> very capable of winning that one, uh, getting another one, and going on to Rubber Arena after that point.
3: Who do you like in this one?
5: Uh, to me, I uh, give Boyd a little bit of an edge just in terms of, you know, they've got a lot of kids that have been part of that three-peat that they've got going right now yeah. on the region side. Um, so it's, you know, and. Kind of that idea of uh, even though they're structured structured a little bit different personnel wise, they still got a lot of uh, players that have been on the sideline, been on the floor as well for those games. So, kind of give them an edge until somebody proves that you know in an elimination game they can knock them off.
3: Talking with Zach Clemmie of the Daily Independent uh, about high school basketball in the Bluegrass State. We covered the girls' side. Let's move over to the boys' side because you've got a couple of pretty good games tonight in Moorhead State, Lewis County and Bath County, and then West Carter against Boyd County. If I look at this bracket, Zach, I- I'm thinking the bottom half of this bracket is a little bit heavier than the top half because in the bottom you've got Ashland and Russell. They played close at the end of the season. you got Rowan County, a 25-win team. Uh, is that an accurate uh, assessment on my part that the lower half of the bracket seems a lot tougher on paper?
5: Right, That's the conventional wisdom, and talking to a lot of these coaches at the region draw uh, on Saturday, that's kind of what a lot of them said. But And, and you know, to a certain degree, this is coach speak, but they, we kind of wanted to reiterate that there is no great draw, and, and really that's true, you know, after Ashland, um, and, and you put Rowland probably at a pretty comfortable number two, but after that, you know, three through probably ten uh, in the region could have beaten anybody on any given night. Um, and a lot of that, again, coach speak, but but that kind of uh, that kind of proved true down the stretch, certainly this year. So uh, you know that, and you know, Ashland just just absolutely bushwhacked Russell uh, in mid you know January by about forty points, but then turned around at Russell's place late in the year, and, and Russell uh, played him within five. So I think there's a you know a, 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 the potential at least for four really competitive games uh, in the first round there.
3: All right, so tonight you've got Boyd County and West Carter, and Boyd County beat West Carter. It was way back in December when they played. It was a seven point game there. So, Boyd County, I guess they would have the edge. Randy Anderson has his team playing pretty well. You know, they played Ashland tough three times this year.
5: Yeah, I think you could probably comfortably say that on paper. West Carter has begun to play better down the stretch. You know, they had some some injuries and that kind of deal. Late in the year, they've got Tyson Webb back, and, and uh, that's, you know, that's been really good for their flow just in terms of getting everybody back in the roles that they're they're used to playing. Uh, you know, Boyd County, a lot of, you know, guys on their team that um not super heralded coming into the year but have been, you know, good role players and begun to step up. You I know, mean, everybody knows Blake Stewart, but um you look at some of those other guys. Carson Webb has begun to, to step up, average double figures. They're getting some good stuff from Austin, Gibbs in the post as well. Uh and Brad Newsom is kind of a, an athleticism kind of guy that, that gives them a little bit of you know extra stuff. He can you know, guard different positions and, and gives them some good things uh, on the open court and then Galen Cisco kinda uh runs the show from the point guard position. So they've got a you know a handful of guys that play pretty well together. Um and they're about like everybody else in this region and even you know even Jason Mays at Ashton will tell you this. There's not a, a ton of guys in this region that are just gonna show up and just, you know, wow you with the eye test, but there are a handful of teams that have begun to play really well together and kind of get their chemistry figured out. West Carter and Boyd or two of those teams.
3: You mentioned Blake Stewart, and I kind of joked with Randy Anderson last week when I had him on the show. I said uh, some people may think that Blake Stewart has been at Boyd County longer than you have. I mean, he's been playing for a <laughs> long time. It seems like just a tremendous player for the Lions.
5: Yeah, this will be his fifth region tournament that he's played in. He got a little bit of playing time as an eighth grader uh, in that first round, and he's just you know, kind of become one of the faces of, of uh, you know not only Boyd County basketball but of the 16th region, and um, you know, really kind of. Had a breakout year a couple of years ago, and uh, he's <clears throat> the last couple of years kind of learned how to, to live with getting all that attention from opponents, opposing defenses, and um, he does a lot of things. You know, he's not averaging a ton of points, but he does a lot of other things to make his team better. Kind of a facilitator in a lot of ways, uh, rebounds, defends, plays hard. Um, so he's kind of one of those. You know, in addition to being their you know premier player, he's also a glue guy in a lot of ways. So
3: yeah,
5: uh, just just kind of an interesting dynamic there.
3: All right. Uh, let, the bottom half of the bracket, we talk about Ashland. We have all year thirty and zero is just an amazing feat for anybody. I don't care what level you're playing. Uh, and, and I guess the question comes up: Do these guys feel pressure now? Or since the season has ended and they finished undefeated, is that pressure gone now? Once the postseason comes along,
5: we talked to those guys a little bit last week. You know, they played a uh, you know, uh, and we addressed this also in the the Monday morning point guard column that we do, the, the dishing the dime. We inherited that from. Aaron Schneider and we'll let him be the point guard and retire that one <laughs> <But> we'll <laughs> keep the dime. But at any rate, um, you know, they it's hard not to, you know, the attention that you're getting from statewide and then
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A
0: laundry? Oh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No law plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: You know, you, you hit a 60-foot shot to win a game that ends up on SportsCenter, so it's not just, you know, local attention, not even just state attention anymore. So um, they played a handful of games that have been really close, and, and uh, they've just continued to figure out how to win games, even when it looks like they're vulnerable or frankly when it looks like they're beaten. You know, they just there's there's been at least two games this year, the, the West Carter game and the Mason County game, I think earlier in the year. It just looked like they were beaten. It looked like it was over the, the, the long run, the, the undefeated start. And they just, you know, continue to chip away, make shots, get stops, figure out ways to win a game that looks like it was, you know, over with. So, um, you know, can you say they're unbeatable? I, I don't know that you can say that, but the other side of that is there have been so many times when it looked like It was over that they figured out how to do it. So, you know, part of it is you—you got to figure out that you got to feel like if they've been vulnerable so many times this year, eventually somebody's going to get them locally. But the other side of that is, you know, they've been through so many and everybody's – so many teams have had their shot and they haven't managed to get the deal done. Well, what's it going to take, you know? At this point, I'm not sure. Um, They may have three very competitive games this week. um, And it's, you know, not out of the realm of possibility that any of those three teams they will play could beat them. But – uh, can anybody do it? I mean, nobody's been able to show the shops to get it done yet.
3: Yeah, I, I just look at this bracket, Zach, and I just see another Ashland Boyd County rematch. I, to that's me, what, that's what yeah. I'm looking at.
5: Yeah, that's what we predicted, and um, I think Ashland and Rowland County. I mean, if we're talking about what's going to be on paper in the semifinal, that that stacks up um, as a really, really good semifinal. Rowan County knows how to play uh, games against teams like Ashland. They know how to try to you know slow it down a little bit and. And make somebody out execute to beat you but to me that's what we kind of addressed earlier too is that ashland is just complete enough that again not a ton of individual talent there other than colin porter who's just a great facilitator from the point guard position but they've just got so many different guys that could beat you um in a different way you know ethan sellers is, is not a real physically imposing guy as a sophomore but he just came up with a ton of plays down the stretch uh to beat boyd county in the district final you know ethan hudson has been uh, in a lot of ways, kind of their emotional leader all year, hit eight three-pointers against Rose Hill, um, kind of emerged from a late-season shooting slump. You know, Justin Braylor is somebody that can make threes for him. Uh, and there's a handful of other guys, you know, list them out, I'm sure, if we go too far down that road. Cole Villars, of course, played huge for them against Boyd County last year in the region final. So there's a handful of different guys that, you know, I don't know if they've got anybody that's going to come out and score 35, Uh, but they've got a handful of guys that can come out and just make big plays down the stretch if they need them.
3: Yeah, and I look at this team, and, you know, so many teams, 30 teams, in fact, well, not 30 teams, but 30 games, folks have tried to slow them down and beat them, and you get to this point in the season, you lose, you're done. Do you you go against them and maybe just try to change the strategy you used earlier this season against them? I mean, maybe slow it down, take the air out of the ball, a bunch of passes. At this point, it's, you know, everything's on the table, right?
5: Right. I mean, nobody's seen. I, that's an interesting you know, perspective, and I don't know that anything's off the table at this point. Um, there's actually been a lot of talk in Kentucky, mostly in the media over the last couple of weeks, about the introduction of a shot clock. Not that it's happening, but that people think maybe it will one day, maybe it should, uh, and that's a whole other conversation that we can have another day. But I don't know that the, that would not be an unprecedented thing for somebody to try in a situation like this. The thing about... Um, <clears throat> on paper, if they get past Russell and nobody's saying that's a, a given, but Rowan County is able to play slow without necessarily going to the four corners, you know, Dean Smith kind of offense. That may be something they can do. East Carter's another team that tends to be very deliberate if they were to, to be able to get past Rowan County. So I think there are teams that don't necessarily play stall ball, but they kind of play slow and deliberate just as it is. Um, and that may be something that we see teams do, not, not necessarily as a strategy to beat Ashland, but just because that's what they do. And are comfortable with, so I you know to your point, I don't know that that's outside the realm of possibility that we'll see people try to be very deliberate and you know value every possession and try to limit Ashland's possessions. Yeah. problem with that is that you know that that also gives um you know places a much greater emphasis on your own offensive possessions if you want to try to use that strategy. Um, and so you have to make sure that you shoot well, or else you're you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there.
3: Yeah, exactly. And Zach Clemmie of the Daily Independent, joining me. I, I think regardless of who comes out of this region, I mean, they've got a first round opponent in the state tournament, the Sweet Sixteen. That's going to be extremely tough. That's a, kind of a tough draw for this region, isn't it?
5: It is. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of good individual basketball that that comes out of that fifth region. There were two teams that were ranked, I believe, in the top seven of the last AP regular season poll uh, in that region, John Harden and Elizabethtown. So, you know, John Harden was was real highly ranked all year, but E-Town, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, knocked them off during the regular season. So, but, you know, there's a, a lot of good individual talent there, and, you know, the, it could be a difficult road to hoe, but, you know, the other side of that is nobody would have picked Ashland probably on paper to get past Owensboro last year in the first round, and they were able to do that and kind of pull away at the end a little bit. So, you know, I don't think anybody's overlooking who comes out of this region this year just because it will either be Ashland or odds on somebody that's a, that beats Ashland, which will be a fairly significant uh result across the state this year.
3: Yeah.
5: Exactly. Um, so I don't think anybody's snake it up on anybody, but but uh, definitely going to be a, a tough road to hoe in the first round.
3: Yeah, no question. Zach Clemmy of the Daily Independent joining me. Uh, Zach, what's going on down at Greenup County now? I know you broke this story a couple of weeks ago. Um, head coach suspended. I know they lost their first-round tournament game. What's the latest on that?
5: Well, there's some some stuff that's in the works that we're uh, not necessarily at liberty to reveal <laughs> yet. I got you. I got that's you. the kind of thing. The way journalism works, obviously, you know, some things that you can't confirm and you can't get on the record yet. But suffice it to say that, you know, they were, there was just a ton of excitement, you know, in Greenup County for a lot of this regular season. And they haven't had a ton of success over the last couple of years. So it was definitely exciting for them to, to be back there in that mix. And then I think the timing of it was kind of what threw a lot of people for a loop. The, the announcement was made on the last Friday of the regular season um, that the coach and, and his assistant, Robert Amos and Jeff Larch, had been suspended. Um, and that the player in question, who was, which was later revealed to be obviously Rod Dryden. Um, had been ineligible and you know there's a lot of a lot of rumors and innuendo and that kind of stuff lying around um and we've we've done the best we could from a journalistic perspective to to kind of confirm what we can and debunk what we can and there's a lot of stuff we can't touch and a lot of stuff we're not interested in (laughs) touching to be honest um and there's a lot of journalism ethics and media and perspective stuff that, that goes into that as well but suffice it to say it's uh you know not only a big story because of you know where it happened but just when it happened uh definitely kind of threw a curveball right before postseason yeah,
3: was on timing that's uh, really weird no question about it um I, I guess in this world everybody wants to be first and not accurate but i know that that that's not the way to go you want to be accurate instead of getting that news out first and then you got to go back and retract your statements and so on and so forth so, so i totally get that you guys are doing a great job with it hey how well, i appreciate you? that sure <laughs> how i know we're getting uh closer to spring how's your softball game are you playing this year well, you know, we haven't talked a lot about
5: it. Um, the guy who kind of ran our uh, ran our softball program, Aaron Snyder, is taking a step up the ladder here at the Daily Independent, sure. and I know he's running around like a maniac all the time, trying to get all his editor stuff done. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to see if he's able to continue to run that, or who's next in the succession line to to do that. I can tell you, it's not me because I'm, I'm having, <laughs> having a lot of fun trying to keep up with everything I'm doing all the time. But I can tell you this: would be... Good to uh, to get out there and it's begun to feel a little bit like spring this week, so it's certainly time to be thinking about that.
3: Yeah. Is your softball game better than your basketball game? I hope so. Okay. The
5: best thing I can tell you on that
3: one. <laughs> I got you. Uh, you got anything in the works that you guys are uh, – the features that you're working on at the Daily Independent?
5: Well, we've uh, – you know, this day and age, a lot of what newspaper – or what used to be known as newspapers, now media companies, I guess, so to speak. Right. A lot of it is video. So we've got some interesting things we think in the works – uh, depending on what happens this week, you know, it's uh, trying to some you know some big things, uh, not only breaking news-wise as you mentioned, but also potentially historically. You know, Ashland finished the, the regular season undefeated the first time a region team has done that um, in almost a hundred years, so that's kind of remarkable. I'm trying to, to to make sure we do a good job covering that, um, we got some things in the works depending on what happens at Moorhead this week, so. I uh, would just kind of urge people to, to stay tuned and kind of see what comes up.
3: Yeah, check them out online, Daily Independent. And uh, you can get them in the paper, too. You still do that the old-fashioned way. You can open up and get the ink on your hands, and that's good stuff, too. Hey, uh, Zach, I appreciate Absolutely. your time, man. It's always great talking with you, always uh, great information, and uh, good luck. And uh, we'll see you out on the softball field or something. We'll we'll see you at, at some sporting event. I know that. All right. Sounds good, Jason. Thanks for having me. All right, man. I take take care. That's uh, Zach Clemmy, the Daily Independent, joining me here on the Sports Fill In. We'll be back after this time out with more on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. Fox Sports Radio. Hey. <laughs> Fox
1: Sports 1230 and 1420. Now back to the sports fill-in.
3: 877-800-9848 here on the Sports Villa and Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeart Radio. Glad to have you along. I, we did have Zach Clemmie, and I appreciate him joining us. And if you missed any of that conversation, we'll have it up on the podcast a little bit later. I did want to get some scores in from West Virginia in tournament play before we get into uh, baseball and some college basketball. In the Region 4 co-finals, Cabell Midland beat Parkersburg South. This is on the girls' side, fifty one thirty eight. 51-38. Midland now 18-6 and on the season, and Huntington gave Parkersburg a, a, a tough go of it, I guess. Parkersburg wins over Huntington 59-54, Huntington 16-9, and Parkersburg is 19-5. and You've got double-A games set to be played tomorrow night, and single-A games will be played tonight, which includes Huntington St. Joe taking on Williamstown in that sectional tournament, or I guess the region tournament co-finals, if you will. Uh, still on the hardwood, we'll move up to the college level. West Virginia got a win last night over Iowa State, 77-71. Miles McBride with a big game for West Virginia as he came off the bench and had a team-high 17 points. Knocked down some uh, foul shots in the last 16 seconds to seal the win. Derek Culver also with 17 points. The Mountaineers are now 20-10, and 8-9 in Big 12 play. and It's a big win for them because they had won – I guess that's their second win, their last eight games. So they are struggling down the stretch. They'd fallen out of the top 25 poll, and now they're trying to get it back together before heading into the postseason. West Virginia shot 56% in the first half. They were up 13 points at the break, but Iowa State scored 20 the first 24 points in the second half, and they came back and took a lead 51-48. And if you're a West Virginia fan, you're thinking, oh, no, here we go again. But the Mountaineers got the lead with about 5.5 to play on Derek Culver's putback. And West Virginia got the lead back up to 10 before Iowa State came back. Cut it to two with 23 seconds left. But the Mountaineers pull out the win, 77-71. A team that's not really consistent right now. Again, they shot 56% in the first half but struggled in the second half. Didn't score a bucket for the first five minutes, 42 seconds of the second half. They missed six straight three-point shots. So it's consistency. And they are a young basketball team. According to Bob Huggins, he always says, well, we're a young basketball team. And just gonna... They are young. But uh, he was asked about why Iowa State was able to come back in the second half against his team.
0: They made shots. That's, uh, they made some hard shots. Uh, we got a little confused on how we were going to guard the ball screen, and they got it to the basket and got fouled. Got some three-point plays and they made some threes. It didn't, doesn't take long to catch up when you're Making threes and getting three point plays.
3: Made some shots. They made some shots and got back in the game. Thanks, Bob. Uh, it, of course, now West Virginia is a team that, uh, in that situation before, they would collapse and end up losing the game. But they got it together and they won the game. So, what was different about last night's win as opposed to previous games?
0: I think the, we're, we're just we're we're really young and we haven't been in. Uh, situations like that like veteran teams have. Um, you know we've done some we've done some really dumb things at times and and then uh, we've had a uh, we've had games where we just turned it over repeatedly and got ourselves in holes we couldn't get back out of.
3: It's like every press conference he just woke up from a nap what it sounds like he's no energy there but i mean that's that's hugs that's the way he is Uh, but with the win coach huggins moves past dean smith of north carolina into sixth place on the all-time win list 880 career wins for bob huggins congratulations to the mountaineers head coach west virginia will play baylor at home saturday and it always seems like you're playing a really good basketball team in Morgantown late in the season. I think West Virginia is going to win this game. I do. I know they're young and they're inconsistent, but they'll pull this one out. I just have a feeling. They'll play Baylor on Saturday. Now, uh, one team that didn't pull it out last night, that is Kentucky. Kentucky lost 81-73 to to Tennessee at home. John Fulkerson scored 27 points for the Volunteers. They came from 17 down to beat Kentucky. Now, here's where the streak came to an end i told you about this at the top of the show a a long streak came to an end for kentucky the wildcats were 129 and 0 in the last 10 years when leading by double digits at halftime this according to espn stats and info again the last decade 129 and 0 when leading by double digits at halftime that streak is over Tennessee, 17-13 and 13, now, 9-8 in the SEC. Kentucky falls to 24-6, and 14-3 in the Southeastern Conference. Tyrese Maxey had 21 points, Emanuel quickly 15 for Kentucky. But it was a loss nonetheless at home for the Wildcats. And after the game, Coach John Calipari wanted to give all the credit to the volunteers.
6: game got physical and we couldn't compete. It just got physical. And uh, tried different ways to try to score and we just... We had nothing couldn't throw it to the post tried to open up the court wouldn't get by people but give credit to Tennessee they could have gone away down 17 but that's Rick Barnes I mean it's a terrific coach he never wavered he kept telling them. Um, but you know you're trying to win every game but it's crazy you just don't and you have a dud like this but don't make it about us this is about Tennessee and how they play and they made some unbelievable shots, some threes, when they needed to. They just kept coming. We had our chances. It was a two-point two game, a one-point I mean, it's a couple minutes to go, and it was anybody's ball game. But we kind of let it go.
3: Let it go. Cats got beat. They got out-rebounded 23-12 in the second half, 31-26 overall. Kentucky shot pretty well, 55% before halftime. But second half, 33% from the floor. Eight-game winning streak, out the window. Kentucky lost two games at home this year, last night to Tennessee, and way back in November to Evansville. Kentucky was ranked number one at that point, and Evansville beat them. Evansville didn't win a conference game the rest of the year, all year long. But they beat Kentucky at Rupp Arena. Kentucky will play at Florida Saturday. Is that still going to keep Kentucky on the uh, the one line or the two line when the NCAA announces its pairings in a couple of weeks? We'll see. See how they do against Florida this Saturday. Speaking of college basketball, uh, I you know you turn on the news and even on sports, in the main topic of conversation it seems is the coronavirus. Right, that's the lead story on uh, every newscast. And It's making its way into sports. I mean, they talked about it with the Olympics. Are they going to postpone the Olympics because of this thing? Well, the Chicago State University basketball team, the men's team, will not travel for two games in the Western Athletic Conference this week. The women's team will not host two games. The school announced this last night because of the spread of the coronavirus. They said in a statement it was making the move with, quote, the health and well-being of the campus community in mind. This is believed to be the first by a major sport in the United States due to the virus. Now, if you remember back in basketball season, high school basketball season, regular season, there were a lot of games canceled and postponed because of the flu. Right, School was out for a week. Games got pushed back. Games got wiped off the schedule altogether because of the flu. It didn't impact the college level. But now this coronavirus is. Now, this Chicago State team would have to travel to Seattle University or Utah Valley University for the WAC games Thursday and Saturday. The school also said the women's team would not host Seattle or Utah Valley at the campus's Jones Convention uh, Convocation Center those same days. Athletic Director Elliot Charles said in this statement, Chicago State Athletics views our decision as a reaffirmation of our commitment to the well-being, health, and safety of our student-athletes. The Western Athletic Conference declined to comment about Chicago State's decision. And the, the story gives the numbers about the coronavirus. Worldwide, more than 93,000 people have been infect, infected. More than 3,100 have died. vast majority of them in China. The number of countries hit by the virus has exceeded 70. Just wash your hands. That's a key thing they're telling. Wash your hands and wash them for 20 seconds. Now, I read today that you know the amount of time it takes you to sing happy birthday twice is how long you should be washing your hands. Now, I don't know if any other colleges will be impacted by this. Think about this. We've got the NCAA tournament coming up in just a couple of weeks. And I, I don't know. You probably won't have anything under control by then. I mean, it, it could blow up even more. I'm not a physician. I don't know. I don't study this stuff. But, I mean, that has the potential to – again, they've talked about postponing the Olympics in Tokyo. And Tokyo said, look, we're fine. We're going to have the Olympics. It'll be later this summer. Everything will be okay. But there's that worry. There's a concern. You're going to have all these people from all over the world descending on your country with this coronavirus. Now, I will say this about Chicago State canceling those games. Chicago State's men's basketball team, they're 0-14 in the WAC, 4-25 and overall this season. The women's team, 1-13 in the conference, 1-26 overall. And you, you just have to wonder about that locally. Right? With, you know, Marshall. I mean, they've got Florida Atlantic coming to town. Marshall's going to have to head to Texas next week. Conference USA tournament with all those teams there. It's a serious deal. you got to take every precaution you can and try to shut this thing down or keep it from spreading as much as you can. 877-800-9848 here on the Sports Fill-In. We need to take one final timeout. We'll come back to put a wrap on this edition of the show on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. Fox
1: Sports Radio. ZWB Canova Huntington. WIRO Ironton. Aloha Trust. Available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio station. Fox Sports 1230 and
3: 1420. You're listening to the Sports Fill-In. Final segment on today's show, 877-800-9848. Let's line out what we have for you this week. Tonight, we have Blue Jackets hockey on the air. The Blue Jackets and the Calgary Flames. 8 o'clock right here on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. As if the news couldn't be any worse for the Blue Jackets. Of course, the you know, Josh Anderson is out for the season. And now, Oliver Bjorkstrand is going to be out 8 to 10 weeks. He had surgery to repair his injured ankle and he'll be out 8 to 10 weeks. He had a pretty good season for the Jackets. 21 goals, 15 assists for 36 points, 12 penalty minutes, and a plus-8 plus-minus rating. But he's gone for 8 to 10 weeks. So we got Blue Jackets hockey on the air for you tonight. Friday night, we have a basketball double doubleheader. Fairland and Chesapeake at 6.15. Ironton and Zane Trace at 8.15. Both for the district championship. You can hear both games right here on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 on iHeartRadio. Then Saturday, we have St. Joe Flyers basketball. The Flyers are playing in the district championship game as well. They'll play at the Convo against Peebles. And we've got the game for you right here at 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. Then we will have Columbus Blue Jackets hockey after that. They'll play at 10 o'clock as they're out west skating against Edmonton. Busy week, no question about it. And we're just 22 days away from the start of Major League Baseball season. And we'll have Reds baseball for you here on the radio. I was reading a story today on CBS Sports about teams that could go from below 500 last year to playing October baseball in 2020. And they have five teams that are actual candidates for doing this. Texas Rangers, San Diego Padres, Chicago White Sox, the LA Angels, and the number one team on the list, the Reds. The Cincinnati Reds, according to CBS, the number one candidate to be playing postseason baseball. It's good stuff. Excited about that. All you Reds fans. And, uh, you know, speaking of baseball, it happened again. I played a lot of stuff yesterday about the Houston Astros and how much they are getting heckled and booed and people doing things at spring training games. Well, it happened again yesterday. Uh, Springer's at the plate for the Astros, and some guy in the crowd yells curveball, and then Springer goes down looking on a fastball. This uh, shared by the Twitter at Asterisk Tour, the 2020 Astros Shame Tour. And uh, they say it's spring training. It's not going to end anytime soon for Houston. Every game against the Astros is must-watch TV. I, I would agree with that. I mean, at least the first part of it. You're going away from guys getting hit. You know, they got hit, what, seven times in the first Six spring training games, something like that, first nine. And now you got people heckling them. Curveball, and it's a fastball. There was even a picture of uh, Aroldis Chapman signing a, a trash can card with a Houston Trash Rose logo on it. Again, it's not ending anytime soon. And even um, Alex Rodriguez was saying stuff about Houston. He was on the broadcast yesterday and uh, talked about it. He said, uh, you know, the problem with the fans is you cheat, you win a championship, no suspension, no remorse. You know, they're getting what they deserve. He said they didn't even apologize for this whole thing. Interesting take. And Alex said, I made mistakes. I owned it. I apologized and I moved on. The Astros have not done that. So it's going to continue. And I can't wait to see what's next. It's going to wrap up today's show. My thanks to Zach Clemmy for joining me on the program. Podcast will be coming up a little bit later. Rich Eisen show on the way next. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sports Fill In. Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 on and iHeartRadio.
1: You've been listening to the Sports Fill In. Stay up to date by following on Twitter at Sports Fill In, on Facebook, and at Fox 1230com This is Fox Sports 1230 and 1420, an iHeart Radio Station. It's 18 plus.